Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Filmiac Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. Jonathan. And today we're here to talk about Jonathan's pick, Roman Polanski's Macbeth from 1971, starring John Finch as Macbeth and some other people. Uh, how's everybody doing? Doing good. Great. It's been about almost two months since we've recorded. This is the longest period in between episodes that we've ever had, and uh, JR is absent because we just could not get it together and all get the same amount of time off at the same time. So here we are, the trio, just so that we can actually talk about this thing before Kevin forgets what happened in it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're also going to Seeing as I watched like four Macbeths for this thing. <laughs> right, and I uh, oh was God. going to watch the uh, Justin Kurtzel one, but I didn't get around to it. I had it in my room, but I didn't get around to it. And, uh, anyway, you, you get yeah. But we'll be talking about other things we watched also. And uh, if there's, I mean, I don't know, is there like news items that we missed that we're passing over that are important that we haven't talked about in the last two months? I don't think so. Scorsese's The Irishman is going to be three and a half hours long. Really? Mm hmm. Damn. Well, the cut that they're showing at the New York Film Festival is. Mm. Hopefully it stays that long for Netflix. I'm very excited. Did we talk about the Lighthouse trailer? I feel uh, like that's. Probably the only, like... Yeah, well, maybe we should do that, I guess, because I don't know if we talked about it, but... The Lighthouse is a new movie from uh, Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch, and it stars uh, just god-tier actors, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, as uh, lighthouse keepers in the 1800s, and uh, it's black and white, it's shot on old cameras and old film, and it looks uh, pretty interesting. What mm-hmm. do you guys think of this one? Really looking forward to this yeah, it looks, one. It looks really great. Like, like, yeah. I I genuinely hope that it comes here. So I think it might. Yeah, I feel like it will. Yeah. The witch did with the. Uh, I think they're you know they maybe just for like an awards run or something they might think that it could get nominated for cinematography or something and they'll mm-hmm. put it out in wide release. But I think it'll I think it'll come here, at least to one or two theaters. But yeah, it looks pretty uh, interesting, very surrealistic and strange and mm. cool dialogue and just Defoe just being an animal, you know? He just yeah. specializes in being an animal. Mm-hmm. The guy's an animal. Um, Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, Joker won the top prize at Venice, <laughs> the Golden Lion, and uh, nothing has any meaning wow. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, podcast. I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this thing. Like, I hope that it's, I hope that it's good. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see it being as amazing as a lot of people seem to think it is. But at least it's something different. Other films that have uh, won the prestigious Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival include Roma, The Uh-oh. Shape of Water, which won Best Picture. Uh. Let's see. Somewhere by Sofia Coppola, The Wrestler, Brokeback Mountain, Vera Drake, uh, Magdalene Sisters. You get the idea. Michael Collins. A lot of uh, highbrow entertainment here. Mm. Kind of a weird choice 
to put the Joker among these yeah. films. <laughs> Agnes Varda, Jean-Luc Godard, Louis Mal, John Cassavetes, <laughs> now Todd Phillips. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Joins that illustrious group, which also includes Louis Bunuel, Tarkovsky, uh, Elaine Resnay. Anything. Yeah. Rossellini. Carl Theodore Dreiser. I mean, <laughs> like, or Dreyer, sorry. Uh, it's just uh, Kurosawa, Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover. <laughs> I mean, can anyone think of, like, directors who are, like, known for comedies but successfully transitioned to drama? Uh, well, uh, Peter Ferrelli won Best Picture last That's year right. for uh, The Green Book. So, <laughs> successful so maybe, so as maybe Todd Phillips is not that outlandish after all. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any I don't have any real problem with Todd Phillips. I think uh, that yeah. comic book movies are stupid and I think that the Joker movie looks a it's a rip off of like two or three different Scorsese movies and two it's uh it's a, you know, why why make this movie set in the world of Gotham and DC? It just makes no sense. Like if you want to make a movie about a comedian who's struggling and becomes violent and starts some kind of uh, cult or whatever he does in the movie, just, you know, make that movie. Why does he have to be the Joker? I don't understand the... It just feels like we have to make him the Joker because if we don't, nobody would finance the movie. Which is just fucking dumb. I don't know. I'm not into it. Uh, and I will see it. You know, I'm not one of these people who's going to talk shit about it and not see it. I will see it. I just... I'm not psyched. Maybe they'll give him the, uh, look at this. I mean, honorary, honorary golden lion, Robert Brisson, Antonioni, Ingmar Bergman, <laughs> like Billy Wilder, Todd Phillips, <laughs> guys, Todd Phillips. This is uh, a disturbing trend that I hope doesn't continue. <laughs> and also there's a lot of talk about it being a problematic movie that it's, you know, about a white guy who becomes angry and starts hurting people. And it's like 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 he's an incel or something, you know? Oh wow, I mean, really? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's apparently a love interest in the film who is black, who he like goes on dates with, who's the yeah. girl from uh No, it's not Tess Thompson. Who is it? It's uh she's from something. Mm. I forget. She's like uh I'm gonna have to look it up now, it's gonna drive me nuts. But um yeah, there's a lot of talk about how it's not the right kind of movie to make right now and this kind of stuff, which I don't really See, personally, I would too much, but personally, I would say the opposite. Like, I think I think at this point, whether you agree with whether you agree with what's happening or not, understanding it instead of just writing it off, I think is the better play. Understanding is important, but if you're like glorifying this, the person who's doing the bad things, well, I mean, it's like it's not like you're going to watch the movie. It's not like most kids and people who watch this movie aren't going to come away from it being like, "Man, Joaquin Phoenix's character was terrible. We shouldn't be like." They're going to be like, "He's cool. Joker's cool," and they're going to have like T-shirts with his fucking face on them and stuff. Zazie Beetz is the person uh, who plays his love interest, and she was from uh, the Dead Deadpool Part Two. She was the main girl in Deadpool Part 2. Uh, That's where I've seen her from. Uh, anyway, so, I don't know. Mm. Joker, whatever the fuck, who cares? <laughs> we'll see it eventually. Yeah. A lot of good movies coming out in the fall. Mm. Very much looking forward to many, many things. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Let's get to what we watched. And uh, I have watched... 
I've actually watched quite a few movies since the last time, but mm. I haven't watched them since July. So, <laughs> you know. I was going to say, you had a pretty good run there for a while. Yeah, I watched uh, like four movies in one day, I think, at some point. Mm. But uh, I'll talk, I can talk briefly about some of them, but who, who wants to begin? I think Kevin should probably begin since you probably watched the most stuff. Sure. Um, so, to start off strong, I rewatched Blue Velvet. Nice. And I think I think it's a masterpiece. The new Blu-ray, it's, yeah, the nice. Criterion Blu-ray, Sweet. and like it's it's my personal favorite of all of Lynch's stuff. Like I think it perfectly captures his like fifties nostalgia and also and also like the like deeply disturbing undercurrent of the you know picturesque world that he can show. And one of my one of my all time favorite moments in any of his movies is when Frank has um, Kyle McLaughlin's character in the brothel, and they're talk they're talking to Ben, <laughs> and Frank of all people, be polite. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> just like two words, and Dennis Hopper just sells it so well. Like, yeah, he's good. Yeah. I like when he says, "Let's fuck." I'll fuck anything that moves, <laughs> and then they ju- and then they just disappear out of the frame. Yeah, I had a Heineken the other day, and I was tempted to like take a picture of it and you like send it to you. Yeah. Heineken, fuck that shit. Yeah. Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's right, Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the chicken walk. Yeah, classic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I. I I like the uh, the disguise that Dennis Hopper wears when he's the yellow man, or not the yellow man, the other guy, I guess, meeting with the yellow man, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, the, there's the handsome man, right? He yeah, like, wears yeah. a mustache on, or yeah, right? yeah, pretty goofy. <laughs> yeah. I like the the uh, effect of his brain exploding when he gets shot at the end, right? And that that like staged thing when McLaughlin walks in towards the end and like sees that uh Oh the guy just standing there the, and the guy like standing dying. there, the yeah. guy um the guy who had his ear hacked off and like yeah. it's, it, it's like it's like a fucking painting and like he opens the door and just and reveals it. It's one of it's one of the greatest shots like ever. Yeah, it's good it's good really good movie. Yeah. Solid stuff. Mm-hmm. I like in uh the Squid and the Whale where his kids want to go see like Ghostbusters or something and he's like Blue Velvet's getting good reviews. <laughs> he makes them go see Blue Velvet with him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> wow. I'd forgotten about that. That's pretty good. Mm. That's good stuff. I like to think I'd do something like that. Jonathan? I uh, watched The Beach Bum. Um, I'm sorry. I know it was a bummer. <laughs> Beach Bummer. It was not good. Uh, say like the first like 30 minutes, is, it was like it was looking pretty good. And then it just nosedives and it's just awful. How's Martin Lawrence? I was just about to mention that. Just bloated and weird. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a CG shark. Oh, no. Seriously? Yeah, a CG shark CG? eats by Martin Lawrence's leg. Oh, my God. It's just like, what? It's funny because in the in the movie, uh, Matthew McConaughey is playing. He plays like a washed up writer or whatever. Used to be genius. And it's just, it's Harmony Korine. Used to be a genius. Sure, yeah. It's just like, it's kind of sad at this point. Hmm. It's yeah, just it's complete trash. It's, it's complete trash. It's, uh, it feels like something. It's like uh, you know, after Spring Breakers, his 
movie The Trap was supposed to come out. Everybody's talking about The Trap. And it's going to have Al Pacino in it and Benicio Del Toro. And it's called The Trap. And it's like a crime movie. Oh, that sounds and, good. Uh, it, that's all they talked about. And then out of nowhere, here comes The Beach Bum. And I was like, nobody's even talked about this movie. This wasn't even a news item. It feels like something he just like sh- wrote over a long weekend and shot yeah. in a week and a half. And it's because he couldn't get the trap going or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's garbage, dude. That's a huge, uh, huge bummer. Uh, filmmaker in decline, Harmony Korine. It's just un- un- unfortunate. Hope he releases that footage of him getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, come that on. He back. talked about on the. Uh, just don't understand how you do trash humpers and then you do this. Yeah, um, where how do you get from experimentation to? broad comedy even oh, it's just a, such a bizarre it's not even that funny yeah <laughs> i mean it's not it's like that's what it's going for though right yeah it's yeah. like sadly going mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's bad give it a one and a half that's too bad mm-hmm. i uh well i'm just gonna burn through like four of these things that i watched in july i watched mid 90s it was all right uh, a little too plotty for me not enough uh languid hanging out uh but not nearly as much cultural uh you know like pop culture shit as i thought there's like it starts off with that shot of his room where it just pans over his room and shows all the shit and i was like this is brutal yeah but then that's like cds yeah that's like kind of all of it and then it's over which is good yeah um but i don't know why they even include that shot Um, uh, real quick i feel like that movie would have been better just set now like i want to see what kids do now skateboarder kids do now yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd rather see that. I could see that. Um, Wasn't that nostalgia's uh, lame? Skate was, kitchen, huh? <laughs> was that it? Was that what yeah, it's called? I think we girls. talked about this whenever we talked about that. Right, I think Jr. watched it. He did. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't yeah. remember what he said about it. Yeah. I watched uh, that same day. I watched Amistad for the first time, which is uh, Spielberg's uh, slave revolt movie. Uh, and the slave revolt part rules when they take over the ship and kill everybody at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Very violent, very Spielbergian, Spielbergian violence. Uh, you know, a lot of like cool <coughs> set piece kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's just a really dry, boring courtroom drama for like two solid hours after that. Ouch. And uh, it's just not terribly interesting. And I'm not. I wasn't wasn't super into it. Uh, and then uh, I watched Hamburger Hill later that day. All these are on Prime. Mm. I'd never seen Hamburger Hill. I've tried to watch it several times. I didn't like it. And then so I was like, I'll just you know, push through. Mm. And it's uh, not good. But it does have... Uh, it has this like one moment where this guy gets like chain gunned in the head. And his head explodes. It's pretty cool looking. <laughs> and uh, it's like about Vietnam, in case you didn't realize. It's mm. about them trying to take this hill in Vietnam. And they keep going up and up and up it. And they keep losing men. And they try again the next day. And so on and so forth. But there's really not enough of like... Like I feel like uh, Malik does this a lot better in um, The Thin Red Line. The idea of this like the kind of struggle. of Like this Sisyphus kind of thing of going up a hill and then just getting murdered and then trying right. again to go up the hill and getting murdered again. Mm. Uh, this movie is just kind of lame and it feels like it's just trying to be entertaining and it's not very entertaining. Mm. And it's got really weird casting. Uh, Dylan McDermott and uh, Stephen Weber are the stars. So What? Like, when was this made? 87 so it's like Stephen Weber pre-wings, wow. pre-wings so yeah. you don't like I guess they weren't thinking of him as this goofy 
comic actor, but like that's what he is to me, and right, I can't yeah. see anything else. You know, Stephen Weber. I think so. He was in the Shining TV movie. Yeah. Oh, the main guy. Not, yeah. Oh, which wow. Which was also not good. Yeah. What oh. has he been in in like the last twenty years? Uh, his house. Uh, Chilling, yeah, yeah, yeah. walking McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I <laughs> wings conventions. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Comic conventions as yeah. the star of Wings. <laughs> yeah, like come see me. There's uh, definitely a cool following of that. Oh, for that. sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's yeah. on uh, Hulu, I think. Wings. <laughs> um, I also watched. Uh, sorry, just burn. I'm just burning through these because I just don't give a fuck. I, just, I can't <laughs> talk about these. I've seen them so long ago. I watched rewatched mm. Rules of Engagement, which is a Friedkin film from 2000 about. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Sam Jackson are like buddies in Vietnam and uh, something goes down and they end up murdering a uh, prisoner. Mm -hmm. And then years later, Jackson's in like Iran or something and he's uh, saving the American embassy ambassador guy, Mm -hmm. Ben Kingsley, which is weird because he's like american <laughs> and uh yeah <laughs> they end up uh murdering a bunch of civilians to uh rescue him but he claims that they had guns and they were shooting at them so it's uh, like a courtroom drama about is he lying or not and mm. uh Tommy Lee jones is his attorney and he like goes over there and like investigates and all uh, it's really actually i feel like it's pretty underrated like nobody talks about this movie and it's not amazing but it's definitely worth a worth a poke as they say and uh tommy lee jones is quite good in it i sam jackson's really good in it too actually they're just and Guy mm. Pierce plays the uh, prosecuting attorney. Oh. And he is ridiculous. <laughs> He's got this ridiculous accent that he affects, like this Massachusetts JFK style thing. Oh, no. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of goofy, but it's fun. I don't mm. know. It's a good, it's a solid enough movie. I'd, I'd recommend it. So it's better than Basic? Um, I mean, I liked Basic. Uh, okay. I don't think that it's. It's not it's hardly comparable because Basic is such a goofy action movie, and this movie is right, trying to right. be serious about its subject matter, and it's mm. about war and the cost of war and things like that. You know, okay. Bruce Greenwood's in it too; he's pretty good. Nice. And uh, lastly, I'll just say I watched Black Rain, uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Mm. With, we want uh, to see this. Mike Douglas, uh, mm. just take it off your list. It's a piece of shit. Uh, it's one of the worst action movies I've ever seen. Holy shit. It's. Uh, I imagine that was a real, like, legitimate disappointment for you. It is a really. You know what the weirdest part about it is? Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> he said, "I'm just kidding with you, Kevin." Uh, well, I, I've I've seen the movie, but it's been forever, so I can't really talk about it. <laughs> the trailers. <sick. laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. The weirdest part about it is you cannot, for a second, believe that Michael Douglas is this person that he's really? playing. Like, I don't believe it at all. <laughs> Like, Michael Douglas is not a sexy man. He's not cool. And he's just trying to be so fucking cool and He's, so- like, good-looking. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he... Really? He is weird as really? ugly as fuck. <laughs> I don't think he's, like... I thought he... Watch this movie, bud. Really? Enjoy. I wish everyone could have seen John's face, like... The fuck are you yeah, talking he's, about? He's he's horrible. And he's... Michael <laughs> Douglas is, is hideous. Yeah, I'd really? Say so. I'd say it's funny. It's like that movie Fatal Attraction, yeah. and it's got like two really ugly people as the leads, but it's like a sex thriller. <laughs> it's like Glenn Close is a sex symbol. Like seriously, was she hot back then? No, I'm gonna look she it looks up. Looks like an alien. Michael Douglas is hideous. I got I just. I don't know. In '89, with his mullet and his leather jacket, <laughs> well, he's, I mean, he's ugly as fuck. <laughs> I'd say he looks better now than he did then. Uh. 
He's just goofy, though. He's, like, trying to be super cool. He rides a motorcycle. He's just, God. He's just stupid. <laughs> really? Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I don't play by the rules. Why, uh, why is he in Japan? <laughs> he gets the- sent to Japan on a... Oh, he witnesses a murder with his partner, Andy Garcia. The only good part of the movie is Andy Garcia. Mm. He, he witnesses a murder. Uh, <clears throat> this uh, Yakuza guy is in New York, and he murders this other guy in a bar. <laughs> With a knife, and uh, yeah, he is a weird looking. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, Sex symbol. I mean, yeah, come on. I, he's weird. Like, looking. look at him compared to like Alec Baldwin in '89. Alec Baldwin is a like. An it looks Adonis. like it looks like like something's like pushing his like mouth yeah, down. Yeah, like, he's got no chin. Yeah, it's like he, it's like no. It looks like he's making a chin with his like jaw. <laughs> Like, he, he naturally has, like, an overbite, yeah. so he's like this all the time. Yeah. He's, like, forcing that jaw. He's throwing that jaw forward. But um, Yeah, he looks weird as fuck. I take it back. He witnesses, oh. he witnesses a murder by a Yakuza member of another Yakuza member, and then he captures that Yakuza member because he's a police officer. Mm. And then they were like, well, you captured him, and he's we can't prosecute him because uh, he's from japan and it's like that the law no which sense. is bullshit what it's like he murdered a, <laughs> yeah. a cop in, he murdered a guy in a cop bar in front of cops you're not gonna prosecute him though <laughs> like this is absolutely insane he's right. like he won't he won't say anything and he won't admit to it and all this is like your word against his so they're like you gotta take him on the plane back to japan to uh and you're gonna like you know meet with the authorities there and transfer him and when he gets there they they they're on the plane and the the japanese cops show up and they're like we'll take him and they're like, okay, and they sign him over and everything. And then they leave, and they're about to get off the plane, and then here come the real cops. Those were the gang members who <laughs> just, oh. like, faked being cops to get him off the plane. <laughs> nice. So the rest of the movie is them trying to find the guy, but they don't have any power in Japan because they're American, so what they're not allowed to carry guns idea. or anything. Oh. This is the dumbest idea ever. And uh, Andy Garcia has this delightful scene where he sings karaoke. It's just wonderful. He's so charming. <laughs> and then he gets his head chopped off. Which that is, good? No, it's lame. It's oh. just like not fun at all. It's just stupid. I don't know. I really hated it. It's another example of how Ridley Scott, like, what's a good movie that he did after Blade Runner? Now, look, I'll say this. I did, I watched, I didn't log it because I didn't see the whole thing, but I watched on television somewhere. I don't even remember. I was at somebody's house and I watched, uh, like, maybe three fourths of Gladiator oh. on TV, mm-hmm. on like TNT or something. I mean, the guy can do action well when he wants to. I don't know what he was doing back then. He can't do it in this movie. But when he's mm. like, Gladiator's fun. That was a lot of okay, fun. Okay, okay. You know, this is, the fight scenes in that are very enjoyable, very well done. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I can't speak for the entire film because I haven't seen it in a while. But mm. the fight, the action is very good. All right. And it's weird to see, um, what's his face? What's the guy from uh, The Devils who's in the movie? It's his last movie. Oh, Olive, Oliver, Oliver Reed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's weird to see him because they like do like digital face replacement because I think he died like halfway through production, so they do oh, like damn. digital face replacement at one point. His head's like, oh, like oh, moving all around. Oh, so, no. It's pretty goofy, but anyway, damn. Uh, yeah, that's so. I'll stop there for now. Mm. Okay, so I finally, after many many years, got around to rewatching Braveheart, a masterpiece, except for one thing. It's just too long. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's I, <laughs> I mean, like this. This was this was a, one of the few times where like, like a movie is so good, but like it just goes on for like so long, and it's just 
I don't know. Like everything, everything else about it is perfect. I love Mel Gibson in it. I love Patrick McGowan is fantastic yeah, all long, through it. The long shanks. Long shanks. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a really, really good movie. I love the scene when uh, he screams freedom and Longshanks, his, his eyes open. Like he's, he's like bedridden. He's like almost yeah, dead, yeah. but then his eyes open because he hears him saying freedom. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. good stuff. The torture, the, scene, the torture scene used to bother me a lot. I, I, I used I to can, have I trouble that. with it, but now I don't give a fuck. I love it. Right, right. <laughs> you don't show anything, really. So Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, Robert the Bruce. Angus McFadden is mm. playing Robert the Bruce yeah. in another movie coming up. Oh, here. really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it's called. I want to say I saw a trailer for it. It might be like a direct-to-video kind of thing. Oh, okay. Or one of Netflix's eight million original movies. It could be. Movies. It could be. He's, uh, I like him, though. Mm. I like him as Robert the Bruce. I like the character of Robert the Bruce as a character who is... You know, a traitor, but also mm. he's like conflicted about. It. He plays Robert the Bruce in Robert the Bruce, which came out this summer. Oh, okay. The story of nobleman turned outlaw hero who was crowned king of the Scots in the 14th century. Mm. So I don't know if that's uh, any good or not. Probably not, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing like. I'm guessing it's Robert the Bruce toward the end of his reign. Yeah, I mean, he's old now. Yeah, so. yeah. It's been 25 um, years since that movie came out. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's such a good scene where he and Mel Gibson are talking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's trying to, like, no, nah, man, you got to play ball. Like, look, there's, there's no ball game. This is fucking war. And if you would step up. Yeah. And if you would lead them, they'd follow you. And so would I. If you would lead them. <laughs> <laughs> and Gibson's really good. He doesn't get enough so credit. I. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit He's for so how good of an actor yeah. he is, man. He's that scene is so great, man. Yeah, like, his accent's really solid too. Yeah, it it doesn't falter. It's really good. I like. Uh, <laughs> What's his face in the scene when uh, he's like giving the speech on the line and uh, about you know they can take our lives but they can't take our freedom and mm. he's like uh, and the guy he's like he's like will you fight and then the one guy's like no we will run and we will live wow <laughs> so good that oh, guy's yeah. an asshole <laughs> oh man I I loved to see like Magoon like walk walks in to like see see the prince and like uh-huh. what what happened? I left you my kingdom and you fucked up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh well, uh, such and such thought this would be a good idea. Oh, this guy. <laughs> well, uh, hey man, uh, come over. I want to have a quick chat with you. Throws him out the window. He murders him. Yeah, just <laughs> right like right then and there. Like doesn't say anything. Just mm, I love bam. The, the princes immediately. Immediately like oh well, now I'm gonna murder the king. He's Pulls out his dagger like he's gonna do something. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, such yeah. a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like can't. I can't go. Can't risk myself. Right. Can't send my son. That'll give him an invitation to take over the whole fucking place. Yeah. So who do I send? <laughs> you know? That's really good. Just, he's, yeah. He's super good. Yes. Jonathan, uh, I want to talk. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes. Y'all, right. can, y'all can do spoilers. I'll I'll see it eventually. Oh, you haven't seen it. No. We saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, directed by Tarantino. Yep. And uh, I liked it. 
<laughs> it was fun. Moving on. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I ha- didn't have many problems with it at all. I thought it... Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people have a problem with the length of it. I didn't have an issue with it. I find that his movies are kind of inherently compelling just because of what... Like this movie especially because he of the world that he's recreating. I could spend a lot of time in that place and yeah. not get bored. Definitely. And I feel like I never got bored with it because it's just endlessly fascinating to look at old signs and old parts of the city and people in weird clothes and shit, you know, and mm. all the different music and stuff and the cars and, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed all that stuff. I like the, I love the fact that it's not a revenge movie, that it's not a crime movie, that it's about actors and our people in Hollywood essentially, uh, and the egos and the politics of Hollywood and uh, I think that he has a real grasp on that period as far as that stuff goes. Like the idea that Rick Dalton, who's Leonardo DiCaprio's character, is being offered parts in Italy for spaghetti westerns, which is like a new thing at the time, or a mm. newish thing. And uh, he doesn't want to go because he feels like those are inferior. Uh, you know, and it's like there's there's uh, like that going on and then there's this stuff with uh, Brad Pitt's character where nobody wants to work with him because his wife is dead and they think he killed her I just I find all that stuff really good and uh, pretty solid and I think what it, what the movie lacks in like a genuine uh, Tarantino storyline as such it makes up for in this kind of like Linklater you know hangout movie kind, yeah. of, kind of way which I really I don't understand why Kevin and I were talking about this before Jonathan got here, but I don't understand why, you know, Tarantino is not allowed to make a movie like this. Like people are upset because he's made this movie and it doesn't conform to their ideas of what Tarantino does. And then they're like, Oh, it's stupid. and It's boring. And I don't like it. But it's just, I mean, he's just, it feels like he's just like spreading out a little bit and trying to do something different. And I applaud it. It's good. Yeah. Um, I thought everything looked good. It didn't look overly like blown out sixties. It looked mm-hmm. like pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I thought the pacing was incredible, and the ending is. <laughs> I, I don't you really know. Want, the ending yeah. is where he's like. It feels like Tarantino knew. He, it's like he anticipated the critical response or the audience response, and he was like, "Okay, I'll give them a little bit of the old Tarantino here at the end." It was ridiculous. Yeah, but. uh I don't know. I was, I've also heard some criticism that, like, besides DiCaprio, like, all the other characters are just, you know, you don't know anything about them and you don't get anything out of them. And I'm like, that's I just... I disagree un- entirely. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Like, There's... you get everything... Like, from Brad Pitt's character, you get everything you need to know by him just... Going home. Watching him. Yeah, yeah. just, like, watching Watch him... Watch him go home. Do Like, go and through the day. That's it. <laughs> that's his life. And it's just like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, you learn... It, yeah, it's bizarre. It's because, like, all these film fans and people who love cinema or like all of a sudden it's like they don't know how to watch a movie anymore it's like you know the difference between like exposition and showing versus telling rick dalton you get to learn about yeah. through dialogue every other character you learn about through actions like you learn a lot about sharon tate just from her going to a movie that she's in exactly and seeing her reaction to that seeing her dialogue with the ticket yeah. booth taker even mm. like the little girl like i, I yeah. know who she is yeah and she has, and it's like she's not a non-existent character it's like <laughs> Yeah. Even uh, Timothy Oliphant, who's the yeah. guy, the 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 guy whose whose show that Rick Dalton is guesting on, it's like you get a full. I completely understand this guy immediately. Even when just the way he introduces himself, I'm so and so. This is my show. 
Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You just mm. get like the, the ego right away. And uh, Manson's only in it in, for maybe four seconds. Yeah, four seconds. <laughs> yeah, but you get everything. You understand that entire spectrum. Even in the, the four seconds that he's in it, it's creepy. Yeah, but it's you, under, like, you understand everything you need to know about him through his, the family. Totally. And and the fact that, and, and just what he's doing, how yeah. he wanders into their property yeah. and is asking the questions that he's asking. It's like, I get it. This is like threatening and weird and bizarre. Yeah. Mm. Even if they don't get it. And I've, the, the, the criticism, uh, you know, there, there's been on other podcasts. There's been criticism of which um, podcast? <laughs> there's been criticism of like, uh, if you don't know, it's like if you don't know about the Charles Manson thing and how it's related to Sharon Tate, you wouldn't have any idea why Sharon Tate's even in this movie. But it's like, who doesn't know that? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, like my 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 twelfth graders at Zachary know who Charles Manson is. Is like it's common knowledge. Yeah, and like Sharon Tate wasn't like some unknown. Like right. that's why it was such a big deal when she was murdered. Also, she was married to Roman Polanski. Yeah, who had like just done Rosemary's Baby, so he was on top. Who will be doing Macbeth because yeah. of these events in in, in uh, that this exactly movie is sort like, of about? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's just like I don't understand that criticism of like if you don't know the uh, history of of the Manson family, you won't even get anything out of it. It's like who doesn't know well, the history also, of the Manson family? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you also be like, hmm, I'm not familiar with that person. Wikipedia, right? I mean, yeah, like it, well, I think the, yeah. the they also said that like Sharon Tate. You know, as a character, is she's barely in the movie. She doesn't do anything. It's just shots of her walking around and shots of her going to that movie and shots of her dancing. And, I mean, it's like, the, the, I don't understand how, it feels I mean, like if that were in another movie, you'd read something into it. You'd say, oh, okay, well, that's showing how vapid and, you know, nothing she is, right? Like, she doesn't have any kind of, uh, which I, that's what I see it. It's like, it feels like she doesn't have anything to do. She's right. completely aloof. She's being taken care of. She's being a kept woman essentially at this point because Plant she's pregnant and mm. Polanski is uh you know extremely successful and is able to, you know, do what she can she can do whatever she wants. Mm. So she's, she's like a little girl. Exactly. Almost. She's like yeah. completely innocent in the movie and right. I think that's the whole point. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean and she also represents she and Polanski represent this higher order in Hollywood that mm. Rick Dalton wants to get to. Right. Which is how the ending plays into it, you know, the yeah. whole when he when he meets her. That's not a spoiler, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you how he meets her, or what the conditions are. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just don't have the same issues with it, and I, I feel like if it were a different filmmaker, if this was coming from an unknown or a, or a different, like you know, some European filmmaker came over and made this movie, and it was like, mm. what is this shit? Like, I don't I don't think it'd be as as criticized as if it was from Tarantino. I feel like because it's from yeah, Tarantino, yeah. they're like, this is not what we want to see. We want Django Unchained again. We want Inglorious Bastards again. Yeah, we want uh, Kill Bill. We want revenge uh, movies with lots of violence. Uh, yeah, and it's like, and we want suspense. He's good at suspense. Why doesn't he just do suspense movies? It's like he doesn't want. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even a big huge like. I mean, Tarantino's a, kind of a dick, but like, <laughs> let him do whatever the fuck he wants. He's a direct. Like, he's a good filmmaker. He's proved himself. He doesn't have to make. It's he's on his fucking ninth movie or his eighth movie or tenth movie or whatever. It's like let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, depending on how you want to count it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's just so dumb. It's I can't wait for him to retire so we can stop talking about his fucking movies and he can start <laughs> writing novels and people can shit all over those. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they will. 
Mm. Oh, totally. I'd be like, he's not much of a. He was a much better filmmaker than a novelist. That is going to be the main criticism. Yeah, so fucking yeah, dumb. Yeah. Anyways, but I, I, I liked everybody in it. I thought everybody did a good job. I, uh, I don't know. It was solid. It was. I don't think it's perfect or amazing, and it's not like something I'm like itching to rewatch yeah, necessarily. Yeah. But I do. Uh, I do think I will rewatch it at some point, and I liked it quite a bit. It's mm. probably mid middle of his filmography for me if I ranked him somewhere okay. in the middle. It's right right around where I like Death Proof. I think I like Death Proof more than most people, and I like it more than this movie. But uh, I would give them both four stars. So, would you give it three and a half? Yeah, okay. I like it more than Jonathan likes it. I win, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> so, um, so I rewatched 1984. Uh, Again, Criterion Blu-ray. Like as soon as I saw that they were releasing, I was like, "Thank you," because um, like I read 1984 when I was in high school. Really enjoyed the book. Then started watching the movie. This movie with uh, John Hurt and Richard Burton. Really, really enjoyed the movie. Watched it a lot. Haven't seen it in a long time. So when I saw that the Blu-ray was coming out, I was like, "Yeah, I got to get this." It's just it's just as good as I remembered it being, and seeing it with the restored Eurythmics soundtrack, and like it looks looks fantastic. The uh, the transfer was really great. Um, I did not know that Roger Deakins was the director of photography on this, but um, hmm. yeah, looks really good. And Richard Burton fucking rules in this movie. Like, he is, like, so so deadpan, but, like, so scary at the same time. And the uh, the whole, like, the whole way the movie is put together with all of the, like, music of, like, the totalitarian regime is done so well. And the effects are done really well. John Hurt is amazing. This, it's... One of the easiest fives, five out of fives. It's so good. John Hurt's an interesting actor because uh, I like John Hurt a lot, mm. but I can't think of anything where I'm like, and I, I've seen 1984. It's been a long time. Mm. I saw it when I was in my early 20s, I think, and uh, I don't remember much about it, but I feel like John Hurt. Like, I always like him when I see him in a movie. I'm mm. always pleased with his performance, but I've never been blown away by it. You know, I'm never like, oh, right. my God, that guy just crushed that shit. It's always just like he's <laughs> very, very competent. Like, he's very much doing his job, and it's good. Yeah. The only thing I think that where I was, like, really, really impressed with him, but even this is kind of like, I don't know. It's uh, when he's in the proposition briefly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, like, the old... I think he's blind or something, even. And he's talking to Guy Pierce. Like, that's... I felt like he was really good in that part. But, I mean, I don't know how much of that is him and how much of it is just, like, you know, set dressing is really cool. And he looks crazy and weird and gross. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I always like him. Yeah. And, uh, like... Yeah, he was... He's really good in this role. And, like, talking about, like, the torture scene and, like, Braveheart, like, the torture scene in this movie like used to like make me cringe like it was hard to watch um because like like it starts off where like the character winston smith is like on this on this machine and he looks like i mean he's dirty and sweaty because he's been there for a little while but like by the time they get to the end where they like finally broken his spirit like like there's a there's a point where like 
uh, Richard Burton stands him up in front of a mirror and is like, look at you. You're rotting away. He just reaches over and pulls a tooth out. Ugh. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's pretty awful. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's so fucking scary, man. Like, like literally you've got like a waste A human being is like wasting away and like, you know, if you're, if you're humanity, this is what humanity looks like. And like Winston is almost totally broken at this point. So he's like, when, when are you going to shoot me? It may take a long time, but don't give up hope. Everyone, everyone is changed sooner or later. And in the end, we'll shoot you. <laughs> It's like so scary, but reassuring. It's like, Thank God. Oh my God. Thank God I'll get shot eventually. I'm really yeah, yeah. To it. Yeah, like. Have you seen the other uh, 1984 from 1956? No, I haven't. I've been meaning to, but never never found a copy or got around to it. It's uh, moderately highly rated on IMDb, 7 out of 10. So. Oh, okay. Could be good. Mm. Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan? <laughs> Unfortunately, went to the theater to see it, Chapter Two. <laughs> Thank um, you for that. Taking that bullet for the for film, yeah. Took one for the team. You didn't see it? No, I. I did you like the person? Yeah. Chapter one. Well, I li- I liked it. Like, I remember liking it in the theater in the moment, but then later on, thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Eh, it's not really as good as I thought it was. Yeah. And now, like, I'm I'm not anticipating being blown away by this next chapter. Yeah. Especially, like, I was looking on Letterboxd, and it's 169 minutes long, and I'm like, oh, no. It's brutal. Like, um, it's like this. legitimately hard to watch. Mm. Yeah. Getting close to that three-hour mark. <laughs> Pretty rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's total garbage. Um, mm Bill Hader like tries to be funny. Um, that doesn't save it like at all. Mm. Is he ever funny? I though, mean, yeah. Like, he, there's a couple parts. Yeah, him? yeah. There's a couple parts. Yeah, yeah. Hater because he's funny. I mean, he's a funny guy. <laughs> like his face is funny, you know? <laughs> and it's like that helps. But mm. without him, it, this I would have walked. I think I might have walked out. Wow. Yeah. Was there like a yeah. specific turning because point? Because I. I, I no, no, because like early on, like there's a few jokes he does, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, he's he, he's somewhat funny, good stuff. And then there's a couple misses, you know. Then you get another one, and it just kind of kind of kept me hanging on. But like towards uh-huh. the end, there's nothing, and I'm just like, man, I should have just left because like not even there were a no nip, more a nip slip from Chastain. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's so much retreading on the first movie. Like going. there's almost no point to watch the first movie because it kind of like that's dumb. It almost shows you like. Everything you need to know. I heard that it that there are things important things that happen to the kids in this movie that you're like confused because it's like why didn't we see that in the first movie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's so weird. And this is this might be a huge nitpick, but the opening scene is so confusing to me. It's like this over elaborate like. Okay, it's like I'm just gonna explain it. These two guys are uh, at a fair. And they're they're gay, and they're in this town that's like you know, apparently like anti-gay. Like everybody's like a homophobe, right? Right. And they kiss after like one of the guys wins a a toy or something from one of the games, gives the toy to like a little girl, and they kiss and like walk out or whatever. And these these like hillbilly guys like 
are like, <laughs> fuck you, you know, faggot, blah, blah, blah. And they say faggot like 17 times. But it's like, and then it's Any like, excuse to get that word into a movie these days. And I, I, I'm, I, I don't, I didn't want to go there, but it, it really felt like it was like force feeding me this. It really I, I'm does, like, why? Yeah. This is the opening scene of this movie. And it's, I swear to God, it feels like it's like 15 minutes long. It's like, it might be 20 minutes long. I don't know. It's so fucking long. And it's like, they're walking out. They get the shit beat out of them. They they fucking basically killed one of the guys. Like like they're like they're like thirty feet or like fifty feet from the fucking fair, like right out of the exit gate they're on this bridge. They fucking beat the living shit out of both of these guys. They pick up one of the guys and throw him off the bridge. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Peeking out a little bit. Oh, there, sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. Get a Looks. little excited there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, and like they throw him over over the fucking bridge and then they leave. And then the other guy like runs down and of course uh Pennywise is like eating him or whatever. And I'm like, what what is the point of any like it was like the is most Pennywise the hillbillies? No. <laughs> Pennywise was literally just on the on on the shore of the He's river. He's just taking advantage of the fact that there's and a dead he, body. He picked He's like, him up. Oh, good, I can eat this. Yeah, guy. and mm. I'm, I'm just like just chowing down. What am I watching? I, it was so it was so fucking confusing. Are one of the gay guys the from no? The you you kids? never see them again. No, it, it, it was like it's like a cold open. <laughs> it was like because mm. I thought I heard that Bill Hader is supposed to be gay in the movie, but there's like a subtext of him mm, being gay. I made I didn't see mm. that. I didn't get that at all. It was absurd. So that it started off horrible. Sounds like a real piece of shit. Yeah. And again, there's mm. so much retreading from the first movie. So, I mean, I'm not even kidding. It, it's it's half of the fucking movie is just retreading. Do they showing showing I don't know if it was like direct scenes cuz I honestly I've like erased my memory of the first movie. I heard that they reshot it and that they had to use CG to de-age some of the kids. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah. I I so I, the, the one part was actually kind of cool. Spoiler: one of the kids, I don't remember his fucking name. It was like the the, the Jewish kid. Were there two Jewish kids? There's at least a Jewish a, kid in the movie. Stan. Yeah. Stan. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Stan, one of them. One stand of them by me. Okay, so the one, like the one who commits suicide. Yeah, he when off, he's an adult. Yeah, he offs himself. Yeah. And, and like that was kind of cool. <laughs> With a gun? No, no, he like slits his wrist in the bath. Uh, and I was yeah, like, lame. I was like, I'm not into that. No, no. I mean, whatever. But it was like, oh, it's, like they're not all going to meet up again. Like yeah, this, yeah. this dude couldn't handle it. And like later on, they explained like, Oh, if he would have been here, like they wouldn't have been able, you know, whatever. I thought that was kind of cool. I've yeah. never read the book, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's a trash fire. It's complete garbage. <laughs> this movie is terrible. Half star. Yeah. Stay far away. I, yeah. I mean this, it's a book that really does not translate very well to film. Um, like the the scene you were talking about, like there is there is a scene like that in the book because like in the book there are a lot of like random vignettes of like just how scary of a town Derry is mm. because of because of Pennywise and the actual entity that it is. And like to get all the details, it'd be like a ten hour movie, basically. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the book seems they yeah, managed, I mean, managed it's, to it's do a, it in like three hours in the nineties. I mean, well, like they yeah. they didn't have any of the they didn't <laughs> have, have any of the that? like vignettes. No, I don't. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, like 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 in the book, like he doesn't see the guy being eaten. Like like his partner, like they like beat like he gets beaten up, and then he, I think he like rolls down a ravine, and then like um, 
and like he's like his partner's like looking down for him and sees Pennywise like pop his head out of the drain pipe and they never find the body. Hmm. Um, but there's a, a lot of like a lot of stuff like that where like just random acts of evil happen yeah. in this in this um, one town. Quick question about the book. Mm-hmm. Um, the history. I, I don't even. I, I literally do not remember the first movie. Like I'm completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a slideshow. Huh? In the garage. No. Slideshow. You know those? Yeah. It, doesn't and he then like? He like comes he gets, out of the slide and he gets, gets really big. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was And crazy. then they open the door and he's gone. It's like it's fucking yeah. retarded. <laughs> Super dumb. Um. In the book, Jessica, mm-hmm. Jessica Chastain's cleavage is not in the first movie, so <laughs> not worth watching. In the book, uh, <laughs> what's the history of like the clown itself, like the guy? Um, I, he's just a I representative of it, right? He's just like he, the formation of it. Are they? They're two separate a, things. Yeah, they're two separate things. Like Pennywise, the the dancing clown is like a like demonic like servant of it, which is just this. Okay. Just pure evil it's an entity. A- alien spider. But, well, like, <laughs> but in the. Okay. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> it it doesn't like it's not it's, it's not, not explained. It, yeah. Well, it's explained, but it's not any more believable in the book. Like, their their minds see it as a spider because oh. their brains are not able to comprehend. I like a, that its actually. Actual shape. See, like that's cool. Yeah. I mean, how do you? But how do you show that in a movie? See, I think, exactly. yeah, exactly. I, th- I feel like Stephen, That's a King, great idea. Stephen King has great ideas. So just like they just they don't translate. Yeah, this. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, this movie. Sucks. That is like <laughs> such a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see him as, of course, you see it as a spider because spider is like the ultimate symbol of evil. It's like everybody hates spiders. Yeah, and like um, it's perfect. But yeah, I don't remember there being any like actual history of. The clown itself. The clown itself. Okay. In like, the trailer, they show the yeah, guy I, I as believe, like a carnival guy or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, in the movie they show a little bit, and I was like, oh, I kind of like. I mean, I, I want to kind of know like the history of that, but they don't go. You into will. It. Yeah, yeah, you will. There'll be the sequel, yeah. Pennywise, yeah. and it'll be a, a prequel to. But, this but movie. like in, yeah, in, yeah. in the, it's coming. <laughs> I, also, I just got to get all this out because I, I got to know the shit. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, uh, it is like it came from space. Mm. Okay. So that's in it the book. Came from outer space. Yeah. Came from space and <laughs> yeah. like uh like Native Americans found it first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Like it like it's been, they, it's been there for a long long time in in this they, one like, in this one spot. It like killed all the Native Americans and they tried to trap it and stuff and it didn't work. Yeah, Are they yeah. trying to blame okay. Manifest Destiny on an alien? Cuz like there's some there's some good like in the in, I was watching the movie I was like, man, that's like kind of a good idea. But like God, oh, I yeah, hate yeah, this yeah. movie. That <laughs> like, European, Western Europeans aren't responsible for the Native American atrocities. <laughs> it's really an alien <laughs> <laughs> that gave them smallpox and drove them west until they died. Yes. That um, is a great idea. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, like, I don't remember from the book whether there's, like, an actual history of Pennywise. There might be. I finished reading it in October of, like, 2016, so it's been, like, three years. Um, Isn't but it like I, a thousand page book too. It's yeah, it's like long, yeah, yeah, it's like thousand eleven hundred pages, something like that. It's Fuck it's an that. it's a it's a it's a thick boy. It's a tome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> runic. But uh, tome. but yeah, Stephen um, King's in the movie. <coughs> I heard about that. 
He's wearing a Neil Young Harvest shirt. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the movie. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah. That's Rust. That must be where Rustin's letterbox review comes from. That the yeah. cameo in the middle is so fucking cool, or whatever he said. Because <laughs> you know, because Neil Young, their but, whole family uh, loves Neil Young. How would you yeah. would you give it? Half star. Oh, great score. Um, I uh, watched Carrie for the first time. First Believe time? it or not, yeah, I've wow. never seen Carrie before, and uh, it was on Prime, and it's very short, and mm. it's uh, De Palma, so had to get it in me, and uh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, it was uh, near perfect for me. Uh, Nancy Allen in those gym shorts, I can't. <laughs> it's, uh, whew, I just, I tell you, I yeah. can't get enough of that. <laughs> Nancy <laughs> Allen is a beautiful young lady in this movie. Um, Sissy Spacek ain't bad looking either. But anyways, uh, as a film, it's just really, really extremely well directed and well made and everybody's great in it. Um, including the guy from Greatest American Hero and John Travolta. Mm. It's just yeah, it's just this really solid movie about you know this poor girl who's uh, alienated and nobody likes her, and even the people who are trying to help her like treat mm. her like shit, and like how the principal keeps getting her name wrong and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like they're just awful, and how the every, it, they they like count. They're essentially telling her it's her fault that people don't like her because she doesn't wear makeup and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. really uh, and her mother is a train wreck and yeah. Yeah, it's just a solid, solid picture. I highly recommend you get out there and see it. Uh, and the split screen at the end when she goes insane is really good. Yeah, gets he's very. Um, I don't know what you'd say. He's like uh, conservative with his tricks in this movie. Yeah, as like, far as that that goes, because De Palma can get pretty crazy with a lot of that shit. And, yeah, he uses them to really good effect. In yeah, Gary. he reins it in, and yeah, just uses it where it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Gets a lot of mileage out of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, uh, you should watch it. Have you seen this movie, uh, Carrie? No. Go watch Carrie. You will like it. Cool. Let's say it's. Uh, I mean, it's surprising to me because what year was this again? 1976 76 76. Mm. I uh, I keep watching these classic so-called horror movies and they're just great (laughs) you know yeah it's like this I would put this in up there with you know The Exorcist and The Shining one of the I would say those are the three top tier for me Exorcist Shining Carrie yeah Um, but you know the counterpoint to that is I wouldn't put Halloween anywhere near that so it's like a lot yeah. of people think Halloween. I didn't see is like Halloween until like a few years ago, surprisingly, and mm. it was okay. It's all right. It's just not. I don't understand the super hype. I think I've been the, meaning the to thing watch is again. still the shit for I me. I prefer the thing. I prefer uh, yeah. Black Christmas as a sla- as a proto slasher film. I think the thing Black actually like creeps me the fuck out. Unlike all of those, other I've only movies. seen the thing once, but I like it a lot. Mm. Some of the special effects are just Very so disturbing. gross. Yeah. Yeah. The arachnid like the, head. The head falling off, like stretching off. Yeah. It Classic. looks fake as fuck, but it's like so gross. It's good. Though. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Carrie's, check that out. Carrie's great. Check Sweet. it out. It's on, it's on Prime also. Awesome. Everything's on Prime. Go ahead. <laughs> so I finally watched uh, the public Emilio Estevez's library movie. <laughs> His library movie? <laughs> I mean. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's. It's it's not very good. Uh, 
there there are definitely things where like having worked in a library like you you watch it and be like okay yeah that's that's relatable um yeah things things like things like that actually do happen but but as far as like <laughs> things like that actually do happen <laughs> yeah but like as far as as far as like a story goes like there are so many things that are not resolved and the way they get to the ending is like really weird it's like why why go this route like this is one of the like, this is just bizarre and like it's kind of like Emilio Estevez's character is not not very likable, but you're still kind of supposed to sympathize with him and um, and all the homeless people that are in the movie. And I I don't know, like there are just too many things that aren't aren't done that well and aren't wrapped up in a satisfying way. And like, cause like it's presented to you as this kind of piece where it's like, hey. This is a place that deserves some recognition. This is a problem that deserves some recognition. You know, homeless homelessness in America mm-hmm. and the state of mental health in America. But over the course of two hours, nothing gets solved. There's no, like, kind of... There's nothing that's really, like, put forward as something that could help solve the problem. Besides, you know, people working together, which... um so yeah two and a half it feels like uh you walk a fine line with a movie like this because it's if you make it uh like if it ends with nothing being accomplished it's realistic because that's how it would happen and if it ends with something being accomplished you'd call it a disney movie so it's like you know what i mean (laughs) like if they're like ever it's fine. All the homeless people have a home now, and the public library has a million dollars more funding a year. So, you know, I mean, like yeah. everybody wins. Then it's like lame, you know. But yeah. it's like, what do you do? I don't know. It seems like a story that's kind of uh, inherently difficult to end. Yeah. Um, how's yeah. uh? How's uh? Isn't isn't Alec Baldwin in it? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's got uh, some big like, actors on it. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I mean, uh, he called in all the favors on this one. Basically, uh, yeah, like Chris, Christian Slater is. Uh, the, That's not a big favor. Though. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, after his <laughs> runaway success on Mister Robot. That's true. He is uh, bigger now than he was. But. Yeah, um, but like he plays a uh, he plays the district attorney who's like running for mayor. And uh, Jeffrey Wright plays the uh, library oh, right. director. Right. And Michael Michael Kenneth Williams is one of the homeless yeah, guys. Yeah, he's right? one of the homeless guys. Jenna Malone plays oh, one of the librarians. I like and Jenna Malone. I, I really like her as an actress, but like the character as it's written here is a stereotype. Mm. Um, and yeah, Alec Baldwin plays the detective who's kind of like the, the point guy and trying to solve the quote-unquote hostage crisis because that's because that's what gabrielle union the reporter outside is trying to make it out to be oh boy um oh boy yeah um well you know yeah it's it's two and a half some you know jonathan (laughs) another one one and a half no i'm just trying to okay good sorry (laughs) Uh, okay, uh, watched Eraserhead um, for the first time. Mm. 
Very first yeah, time. first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I rewatched it because I let somebody borrow it, so I had to, you know, make, defi- make sure it. they didn't uh, <laughs> make sure it's good. It? Make sure it's oh. good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Did they say it wasn't? Uh, they haven't watched it yet, but uh, it's man, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like the last time I watched. it. I think we watched it at the same time. Or something. We watched all the Lynch films for our previous podcast. That's right. Yeah, and I remember you saying it was a little like. Student filmy. Student filmy. There yeah. are parts of it that struck yeah. me that way. And I still get that, but it's just so good. And it's just kind of incredible that he did most of this. It's himself. very impressive. It, and, and there's just certain scenes, yeah, that look a little homemade. <laughs> like the giant, like towards, especially towards the end, like one of the last scenes, like the giant head of the baby creature uh-huh. looks a little goofy. Yeah. But, uh,. Yeah. It's followed up by like the the black screen with like the dust, yeah, and it's, that's like fucking beautiful. And uh, this, I, I, like watching it this time, I'm like this the story is just I don't know. I always forget the story, and there's a story. Like it's not just like you know random shit. It's like yeah, it's something's a, happening. It's a narrative. Yeah, yeah. I just I enjoyed it a lot. Well, like I've always Period. said, like if you if, like if someone asks you what Eraserhead is about, and like you tell them, it sounds like a like a pretty regular story. Like this guy's working a dead end job; he doesn't really like where he lives. His girlfriend ends up getting pregnant; yeah. and he's got to take care of her. <laughs> His parents don't like him, so he's got to deal with that. And yeah. like the baby kind of has some problems. I mean, once you get toward like the bearded lady at the end, then it kind of falls away, but. Before that, it's like okay, this he makes could be love like, with his neighbor in his volcano of milk. Yeah, he, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, so like, good. yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, his his girlfriend. <laughs> it's like a normal the, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, right. well, you know, you take you take out that part, like, yeah, and like then if, if then, you don't describe the actual things that are happening, yes, yes, you just yes. say the broad strokes. Yeah, it sounds like any other movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> He gets his head turned into erasers. That's why it's called Eraserhead. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. I didn't mean to, uh, if I, in the past when I've said uh, the student film thing, I don't mean that. I do mean that as a negative, but it's not like it diminishes the movie to the point where I don't like it. I love the movie. Yeah. I just, uh, it's not his strongest work in my opinion. No, but I think he, he I mean, better. he definitely lays. I mean, the he's yeah, like, he's a hundred percent there. Yeah, in the first film, yeah, I, I agree. It's just like if the budget would have been there, yeah, it would. Yeah, he would have made Blue Velvet. I think it's extremely first, impressive. You know I mean? Yeah, extremely impressive. Yeah, but uh, I just you know I feel like there are other movies that are strong. But the, that's all. I also have to argue like he 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 was he already knew what he was doing in the sixties. Like if you watch the short films, the Blu-ray comes with all the short films. Sure, I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Like yeah. he was. Yeah, he's. A I mean, genius. you watch the uh, the <laughs> uh, the art life, and he's talks yeah. about how I mean, yeah. his paintings and everything were essentially that without the movement, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, the guy's a the guy's a fucking master. What are you gonna do, you know? Even before all the fanboys and hipsters started liking him, um, I watched Widows, which is uh, just very run of the mill, ordinary, not interesting, not very good, terrible plot, really lame. Awful ending, but looks great. Just fucking beautiful looking. And the acting mm. is pretty good. Not blown away by it. Mm. Uh, I think Michelle Rodriguez is a weird choice to put in anything like this. Because she's just not on par with everybody else. And mm. the scene where she makes out with the architect guy is really strange to me. Um, Didn't understand that at all. Don't really like Viola Davis in it don't understand 
Liam Neeson's plan <laughs> in the movie. Don't want to spoil what happens, but uh, mm. pretty goofy. Kind of just like unbelievable. And I mean, it comes from a TV movie, I guess, from the UK. So it makes oh. sense that it's kind of like, it just feels very like out of character from a queen to have directed this. Mm. And I wish he would have picked a better project. Yeah. I like uh, Kevin J. O'Connor in it. Yeah. He rules and everything he's in. Mm-hmm. I even like, uh, what's his face from Get Out? Uh, Daniel Coelho or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. Kalua? Kaluuya. Yeah. I like, there's two U's. So. Yeah. I like him. I like how evil he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hate the CG blood. I don't understand why you would use cg blood in a movie i do not fucking get it like it's just it's uh, this is a movie this movie has like a hundred million dollar budget you can't fucking get a fx guy in there to put some blood down right just infuriating and i mean this isn't the first time mcqueen has done this you know he used cg when the whipping scene in uh 12 years of slave and i hated it then too i don't understand why you do that why would you do that not to spoil anything, but go go watch Polanski's Macbeth and tell me you can't do decent blood effects without CG. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> go get that guy. He's probably dead. Get his son. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I just want to talk about Macbeth. We'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> There's one part that I'm thinking of, and I'm just like... <laughs> Widows is not very good, but it's yeah. uh, it's passable. It's cool. you, you could watch it and not hate it, but I didn't like it very much. <laughs> I still like that one that one shot where like the camera is on the car. Yeah, and, I mean that kind of stuff yeah. is like that's like that's, typical McQueen, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I don't that she, he should have made a short film of that, yeah, and that yeah. would have been better than this. Mm. Like a short film of him talking to those guys in the ghetto and then driving to his nice apartment three blocks away. That's yeah, a yeah. That, that's a really good question though. Like, okay, at what point does like a filmmaker like once they start making features? Like, I feel like a lot of them never go back to making shorts, and it's like. Mm. I think, I, mean, you, I, think they? They, I think when they do, you don't hear about it. Yeah, I mean, really? Scorsese right, right. made shorts. He uh, makes shorts all the time. Really? Okay. Lynch makes sh- what you would call short films, for, but they're like for perfumes and stuff. But, I mean, they're yeah. still short yeah, films. Yeah. Uh, that's sure what Wes that, Anderson still does. Yeah, I think that's the way they usually go. When they make short films, they're making commercials, but they're right, not commercials right. that you see on television. They're like commercials that they play at Cannes and shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, like when you have like Adrian Brody on a train for American Express, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's more typical. I'd say, like, yeah, De Niro did American Express also for Tribeca, and I mean that's mm. more typical. What I'm talking about is like when like Sc- uh, Scorsese did a film in 2012 with uh, DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, uh, De Niro, and like f- two or three other big big actors, and it, but it was like a commercial for some European some bullshit. I don't know, ah. but it was like a 12 minute movie. Hmm. And Scorsese directed it. Interesting. And then, you know, Scorsese dabbles in television also. He directed the first episode of uh, yeah. Boardwalk Empire and the first episode of Vinyl. So right. He's, uh, oh, yeah, that show. He's working. Mm. show existed. Just, you know, Scorsese, I just can't wait for The Irishman. This guy's a fucking master. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's it. So, Kevin? Uh, let's see. So, I went and rewatched all of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Good for you. Good for you. And they're all they're all decent. Uh, not not any, movies, but yeah, yeah. Not, any, not anything amazing. Um, First two. Are personally, I liked I liked uh, Casino Royale the best, but even that was only a three and a half. <laughs> Everything oh, else was a three. Yikes! Did you watch any of these yet? Besides I, Spectre, I have seen. I watched uh, Casino Royale. 
Mm. Oh, that's and right. And it was decent. Yeah. yeah. I still need to see Quantum of Solace. You do need to see Quantum of Solace. Don't, that one's, don't listen that to one's better. <laughs> Quantum of Solace is the best one. I mean, he gave it a four, so. It's a, it's great. I'm still I mean, like a GoldenEye apologist. So, uh, GoldenEye's good. Okay. I love GoldenEye. Okay, good. Quantum of Solace is better than GoldenEye. Okay. GoldenEye is what got me into James Bond. Yeah, of course. Like, exactly. So like everybody the our age. And the game. Yeah. Everybody yeah. who's our age just yeah. got into yeah, the combo. James Dude, Bond yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like I remember hating Spectre with a fiery passion when I saw it in the theater, and I'm, I'm watching it now. It's like eh, it's not that bad, yeah, but it's it's, bad. it's still not it's still not very good. Well, you got uh, uh, I I maintain that Leia Sadu in it, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's enough to get you through anything. I think you know? yeah. just about. Um, but yeah, and I I, ma- I maintain that like. So at the beginning of the movie, they start off with this joke about this guy being named C, and at the at the end, Ray finds like spoiler alert: this guy ends up being one of the villains in the movie. Ray finds catches him. Guy tries to pull a gun. So I guess now we know what C stands for: careless. Huh. I maintain that That's Ray finds. Yeah, Ray finds should have said now we know and now we know what C stands for: cunt. I think that I mean that, but obviously that's what you're getting at, right? And they can't say cunt in a PG-13 movie, so right, you're expecting him to say cunt, and he says careless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, it, which is incredibly lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I found out that the um, uh, the new one is called No Time to Die. Yep. Um, Directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Who, who's yeah. Bond? Same, Still Craig. Same Craig. Oh, okay. this is last one. Mm-hmm. Really? And yeah, and then they're going to recast him with yeah. uh, Dan Stevens or Idris Elba or somebody. I don't know. They've been talking about getting Idris Elba like for I don't know. He's so four, old now. He's like years. as old as Daniel Craig. I don't yeah, see why you cast him if at not this older. Point. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and like you got to cast somebody in their like early thirties. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's why Dan Stevens is such a good choice. Even though I don't, I don't particularly like Dan Stevens, but I think he's he's just the obvious choice to me. He's like a sort of unknown. But he's done mm. some big stuff. He's young. He's British. He's good looking. Yeah, I don't like. They've been talking about having a uh, actor of color or a woman playing Bond, and like that's fine. Um, They'll never go woman. They might go a person of color. They won't go woman. Yeah, yeah. Never happen. Kind of defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, I mean, like what's... Right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Uh... Well, I think there is some something about masculinity to Bond. But I know yeah. that's not the point. I just think that they wouldn't do that just because, I mean, the fans won't go see this movie. If they, <laughs> yeah. Cause, and what is like, it going to be called? You can't call it James Bond anymore. Jamie what, Bond. Jame, Jame, Jamie? Jane Jamie Bond? Bond? Jane Bond. Jane Bond. That would <laughs> yeah, be so Jane. bad. That's just so dumb. I know, right? Just, yeah. just, just Make a different just, movie in the world of James yeah. Bond, but about Moneypenny or whoever else, you know. Yeah, so, have her uh, be like... Female. Yeah, like it's not James Bond anymore, but like 007 is just a designation for a certain right. agent. Which is what they've been saying. Or just hang it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put it in the closet. Well, that that's what Keep I was saying. Like, like uh, after uh, after I first saw uh, Spectre and like I saw the talk about Idris Elba maybe playing James Bond, I was like, Idris Elba deserves better than a failing fucking franchise. Like, it's yeah, not, yeah, but it's you know it's like one movie away from being good again. It's like if they recast it yeah, right yeah. and they do it Just right. Get those Mission Impossible writers, it's fucking done, right? And yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. bank. Get Chris McQuarrie in there to direct it. Make know. make Tom Cruise James Bond. <laughs> 
That'd be I mean, so weird. Jack Reacher. <laughs> yeah, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. I'm, I'm, James, I'm Bond. James Bond. <laughs> he like, doesn't have an accent at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> it's like his middle teeth are over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you haven't seen pictures of it? That's like 80s Tom Cruise. No, his teeth are fine now. They're not. They're not fine. <laughs> that shit's like, it's like digitally fine. corrected. <laughs> that shit is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Oh. What about uh, uh, speaking of James Bond casting? Uh, <laughs> what's his face? Superman. That guy could be him. Oh, Cavill. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he seems like perfect. If he, he just needs to lose a little muscle mass, I'd say he's, he's a little too muscular. But yeah, you don't I want mean, a jacked Bond. I mean, yeah, it seems kind of goofy. Well, Even though, I mean, Daniel Craig is jacked as fuck now, but well, I feel yeah, like in yeah. the, well, he guess was pretty muscular in the first one too. I Daniel guess. Craig's yeah. kind of like the best looking Bond, though. Like he looks like he would actually be. He's like a normal yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he looks, looks like, like a he human would be. Being. Yeah, he looks. He's like a GQ model. <laughs> yeah, like he looks Pierce like Brosnan looks. He looks like he'd actually right. be a, like an agent. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Pierce Brosnan looks ridiculous. Yeah, he, yeah and uh, I don't believe yeah. that R- Roger Moore could do anything physical. Oh no, like that was a apparently that was a big problem for him. Like he would always blink whenever the gun would go off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like yeah, they're, de- they're definitely tool, like pussy. Yeah, they're definitely going for like the suave in in the secret agent thing. For sure, for sure. All right, John. <laughs> I rewatched. Uh, been rewatching a lot of movies. Rewatched Slacker because I, I finally found the DVD of it. Didn't log it. Oh. Did you log it? I logged it. Yeah. My Blu-ray it. doesn't work. It's very upsetting. But uh, oh, you yeah. got like the combo pack, and the Blu-ray doesn't work. Ouch! This Was that rating? It? Ouch! Two and a half. Fuck! Um, I'm just kidding. Give it a four. Four is um, too low. If we're talking about, we're talking about uh, student film. There's just there's so much like voiceover. Careful. <laughs> voiceover. Yeah, like voiceover. Like, like ADR. Yeah, whatever. Re-recording of yeah, lines. Like yeah. so much. You have to do that when you record on location, John. But it's like it's so noticeable. Like there's like plain noise and stuff you have to get rid of. Yeah, but it's like their lips aren't moving with the words <laughs> at, like almost ever. I don't know. That's no, that brings it down a star. It kinda because <laughs> it kinda took me out of it a few oh, times. It's too bad. It's kind of kind of a bummer. But yeah. Still and, great moments, and I kind of pick up like I used to be like a lot of stuff would go over my head. I kind of pick mm-hmm. up on everything now. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the literary references, and most shit. most mm-hmm. of it, and then like there's a lot of film references too. That mm-hmm. he talks about blow up at one point. Mm-hmm. I never knew what the fuck that was back in the day, but uh, yeah, um, I love the scene where the guy is at the bookstore with the girl and telling her about telling her all about the JFK books. That's almost that scene is almost too real. Like I've been <laughs> yeah. that I've been that yeah. girl where the guy I've just de- all, he, yeah. he doesn't even know her. He's he all of a sudden unloads. unloading all this information because he's you got nobody to talk to about it. <laughs> but yeah, there's moments where it's like it's pure genius. Like just the whole idea of the movie is genius. I love. And I also I've always loved the scene where they those two guys take their buddy up to throw all the stuff off the yeah. bridge because he broke up his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, still Who thinks of my that? favorite stuff is the. Uh, the the dad and his daughter like the guys robbing the house yeah yeah, yeah. And he oh just, yeah he yeah. just like <laughs> that shit rules um yeah and he's like making it all up it's like none of it's real <laughs> yeah but, yeah, uh, yeah but you don't know that until classic. the daughter's like that's all bullshit yeah, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a classic movie um yeah, classic four out of five I mean, it's movie. a solid solid fucking, fucking four asshole <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah. it's I, great you gotta rewatch Waking Life huh I do I, uh, I see how far I, that's I dropped do. for you. 
I don't know. You're not going to have any five-star Linklater movies by the time you're done. Have you seen Before uh, Midnight? Yeah, no, I've seen... No. Get on it. Just the first one. Midnight's the best one. That's the second one? Third one. The, oh, really? Yeah. The third one's the best oh, it's, one? Oh, it's In hands down opinion, the best. Wow. It's far better than the other two. Yeah, yeah. The other two are great also. I've only seen the first. Sun, I think a lot of people think Sunset is the best one, but I don't. I think it's my least favorite, actually. Well, shit, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the trilogy is on... Criterion. Criterion channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh. the, cha- and the channel. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, all of his movies are on the channel, I believe. No, awesome. No, Slacker's not. Maybe, in fact, maybe none of them are. Maybe I'm making all of that up. Mm. Anyway, uh, I watched um, Loose. I went to uh, New Orleans to see Loose, directed by Julius Ona, which is a really quiet drama about a uh adopted african child who's been adopted by white rich parents mm. and is uh a senior in high school now doing insanely well everybody loves him he's very smart and uh but there's one teacher octavia spencer who just doesn't like this kid doesn't understand him constantly at odds with him and he doesn't like her he calls her a bitch and uh tim roth says sounds like she's a bitch and he's like yeah she is a bitch (laughs) uh tim roth plays his dad and naomi watts is his mom and uh he and octavia spencer kind of like have a conversation and she believes that he's threatening her and she brings it to the principal and they have this big uh the the whole movie's about whether or not this kid is actually bad or not like if he's doing things behind people's backs or if he's actually the good kid that he appears to be. There's a lot of like he was a child soldier, so he's hurt people before, killed people before. So it's like, oh. could he could that be could he do something like that again? We're scared of that. Mm. He was in therapy and stuff for a lot of his life. Uh, you know, so the, I think uh, those are good ideas and it's an interesting idea for a movie. And I get the themes that they're trying to push and all that kind of stuff but i just it just didn't work very much for me i found it uh kind of long and uh the pacing was really strange and i didn't love the kid's performance uh i liked tim roth's performance a lot i like his uh middle-aged upper class wine drinker guy (laughs) that he does he's just like you know completely laid back just like half the movie's just like him in the bed on his ipad (laughs) like naomi watts is talking to him about something it's uh yeah i liked all that but uh overall i just i don't know wasn't wasn't amazing i didn't hate it but i gave it a three Mm. so carlton uh, so I rewatched all of the Captain America movies. Uh, first one is the best, and it's a three and a half. Uh, and they <laughs> and they go they go down they go down hard from that. And the only the only thing I can say more is that like in Civil War, the third one, there is some absolutely one hundred percent atrocious CGI effects. Like they're run, like they're running through traffic down the down this down the street, and it's like blatantly obvious that they're not there. And they, they couldn't just go and outside like, and just. I guess yeah, not, but like, <laughs> but like they're they like they have been sped up, but the traffic hasn't. Oh no! And it's like 
mm, like nah that's that's like you know we can we can argue about the marvel movies like not looking good or whatever but this is something that i think literally everyone can go that's that's shit that's pure shit i remember the first there, one there having there are effects like, from the from the 60s that look better than that i remember the first one having really rough <clears throat> effects too I mean, like I mean, 2011. Stuff. You know, I mean, they're not. I wouldn't say that they're horrible, but I could see why someone wouldn't like them. Hmm. I mean, hmm. anyway. But uh, John, you want to talk about At Eternity's Gate? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Again, Defoe fucking rules. He's a great actor, man. Mm. Guy just uh, doesn't get enough credit. Mm. He gets pretty. He's pretty I, yeah, good I think he's. I think he's all right. I think. <laughs> I, think I think now he's starting to get more credit, but it's still not quite as much credit as he deserves. Yeah, uh, I liked that Eternity's Gate. I thought it uh, was really unique and uh, mm. a lot stranger than I thought it was going to be. And I liked the experimentation. Yeah, I, I like, love the stuff with all the audio. Like yeah, re, like replaying the conversations that have yeah. just happened seconds ago. Yeah, it really shows his paranoia and weird. You know. Uh, yeah. His descent into madness, mm. as it were. And I like all of his, uh, like the scene where his brother comes to visit him and they like cuddle in the bed. Yeah. That's good. And uh, I like Oscar Isaac. I could watch the whole movie of him and Oscar Isaac talking about the philosophy of painting. Right. Like that shit rules yeah. <laughs> to me. It was really <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Have you seen any other of uh, Julian Schnabel's stuff? Schnabel. <laughs> is that how? Schnabel. Schnabel? Yeah, Schnabel. Oh, Schnabel. Schnabel. No. I remember he came out with the Diving Bell and the Butterfly. It was right. this big movie from like 10 years ago, and I never saw it, and I thought it looked ridiculous. But mm-hmm. now I'd be curious to see it being that he did this. Yeah. And Seems uh, like a more interesting filmmaker than I gave him credit for. Yeah, and I saw a concert movie that he did with Lou Reed of uh, Berlin, and that was pretty interesting. I do like Lou Reed. Yeah. And I do like Berlin, the album. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be into uh, checking out more stuff that he's done. Cool. For sure. Um. Yeah. I don't know how much else I have to say about it, but yeah. it's a good movie. Yeah. It's worth a watch. Yeah, I'm done. Johnson? I'm out. Oh, boy. Okay, Make let me... time. No, let me crush through these last couple here. I only got one, actually. I watched some short films from Jonas Mikas that are on Criterion Channel, and they're all very interesting, and then I, I'm about halfway through his uh, three-hour uh, autobiographical film, Lost, 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 which is on there, which is great because it's separated into reels, and they're 30 minutes each, so you just watch a 30-minute reel, and you turn it off, you know? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, also watched City Lights for the first time, the Charlie Chaplin movie. Um, which it was okay. I'm not, a, I didn't love it. Mm. Uh, I just feel like it wasn't. Uh, there weren't enough like interesting set pieces for me. There was a lot of like clever stuff, but it, like honestly, I don't know. I expected there to be like a shitload more clever stuff. Uh. Which wasn't enough of it. And the story is all right. I like the idea of this guy. Uh, have you seen it? Mm-mm. Have you seen? You haven't seen this. No. It's about this. Uh, you know, he's the tramp. As his all his character that he always plays, mm. um, he meets a blind girl who sells flowers and is really poor, and he meets a rich white guy who's about to commit suicide, and he saves his life. And uh, the rich white guy who's about to commit suicide loves him when he's drunk, but when he wakes up and he sobers up, he doesn't remember him, and he uh. wants him to like leave and get out of his house. He doesn't know who he is. Mm. 
So he ends up like, you know, going back and forth between these two people. He falls in love with the girl who sells the flowers and he like gets money from the rich guy when he's drunk to give her money to pay her rent or whatever. And I don't know. It just goes back and forth between them. And it's like a lot of stuff is, you know, rife for comedy and it does Mm -hmm. well for it. But there's just like this thing. I was telling Jonathan this yesterday, but there's like this air about Chaplin in this film where I just feel like he's, uh, I feel like I can sense his ego through the movie. (laughs) I don't know if that's there, if anybody else has ever seen this and felt that way, but Mm. I feel like you can, you can sense him just thinking he's the shit in this and just like, I am the king of the cinema at this point. Mm. Was he? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. 31 is pretty late. I feel like, I feel like he's been doing stuff for more than 10 years at that point, but it's not a bad movie or anything. I en- I enjoyed it, but mm. I just I don't know. Not rushing out to see it again. I, I I'm anxious to see some of his more uh, uh, not set in reality movies, like you know, modern times. And uh, mm. I really want to see Limelight. I've been meaning to see that for a while because mm. it's like he plays like a washed up clown or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really cool. Uh, yeah. So I guess we can move on to. Uh, Polanski's Macbeth, the controversially violent retelling of Shakespeare's Scottish play. And uh, it's from 1971. It's very well publicized that he, uh, Polanski was going to make Day of the Dolphin uh, prior to this, but uh, it's like a spy movie or a thriller or something. Mm. And um, Sharon Tate, who was pregnant with his child, got murdered by the Manson family, and he wanted to make something murderous and violent to cope, I guess, with his mm. like exposure therapy, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he called uh, Kenneth Tynan, and they wrote this script together and filmed this movie. It's flick. Jonathan, uh, this is his first time seeing this. Kevin? Uh, second time. This is also my second time, but Jonathan, you picked this movie. What? What the fuck? <laughs> no, what were you? What's your reasoning? Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> about it. Thank you. Uh, you just, you just <laughs> saw no, the cover with the hand and the dagger, and you were like, "Oh, that looks interesting." Yeah. No, it's because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good call. Good call. What do you think of uh, Macbeth? Um, I liked it. Uh, yeah. Really? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. Uh, thought it was done pretty well. Um, the hags are really <laughs> haggy. Yeah, <laughs> super haggy hags. Yeah, like yeah. who are these people? Um, who are these hags? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was. It just. It was. It was dark and fucking violent and oh, very haggy yeah it's very good the sets are all great the locations are great i don't know i've never seen another Macbeth movie so i don't really have anything to compare it to but uh mm. fuck it well let me tell you my friend you've seen four <laughs> so like Macbeth is i like i have a history with Macbeth. like i read it in high school we watched uh we watched like a made for tv version of it and then my senior year when we were reading it, um, they happened to be doing a production of, of it at uh, the Swine Palace at LSU where a woman played Macbeth. And, uh, 
like before the actual play, they did like an interpretive dance, like showing the plot of the play to Britney Spears is toxic. Okay. Um, whatever. Uh, Way so out on that. <laughs> yeah. sounds ridiculous. It, it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, uh, but yeah, then like later on, um, seeing Throne of Blood, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, and then like watching watching this one and having having read it a couple of times since um yeah it's one of the few shakespeare plays that i know relatively well um personally i think uh throne of blood is the best adaptation of macbeth but um this one's pretty good um i don't know if i've seen throne of blood it's uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's Kurosawa, man. Kurosawa. Have you? Yeah, multiple mm. times. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it, it deviates from the actual play in a couple of ways, but it's it's still it's still really good. Uh, he didn't reread the play when he was writing it, so yeah, he's yeah. doing it from memory. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, and uh, that's yeah. what I heard anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. Like and for this for this recording, I actually watched uh, Orson Welles's version of Macbeth and the latest one with uh, Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard, and I saw that um, at least on Letterboxd, there's supposed to be a version of Macbeth that the Coens are doing with uh, Denzel Washington, which I think could be really cool. Oh, uh, not the Coens, just Joel. Oh. Oh, okay. And Ethan's not involved apparently at all. That's what I read. Huh? Okay. It's and uh, and McNorman's going to be Lady Macbeth. Oh, that's what I. I think that's what I read. Okay. Yeah, it was because I remember that news coming out and it was being like really confusing to people why. Right. It's going to be like his first movie without his brother, which is bizarre because they're you know they work together so much. Yeah. But uh, yeah. uh, Well, uh, the only the only thing I can definitively say about Polanski's version is. So, Terrence Baylor, the guy who plays Macduff, the only other thing I've seen him in is uh, Life of Brian. And I thought his performance in this was just so goofy and mm. so out of place with the rest of the tone of this movie. He looks like Elliot Gould. Yeah, he does. <laughs> From the time. Yeah, with the with the eyebrows and, and, the, and the everything. Stash. Like, he looks like Elliot Gould in, yeah. uh, as Trapper John in M.A.S.H., yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Which came out the same year. No, the year before. It. Okay, yeah. So he's probably modeling himself after that. Maybe. But yeah, like, he's just so over-the-top and goofy, and it's like... Yeah, I mean, that works in Life of Brian, but, uh... I don't know. This 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 is a little different here. Well, uh... I don't share that viewpoint. I thought he was okay. I didn't. I wasn't blown away by him or anything. I thought all the acting in the movie was fine, though. I particularly like John Finch as Macbeth. I thought he was kind of the standout mm. acting wise, mm. and uh, I. I mean, I love Macbeth. I love Polanski's Macbeth. I think it's it's probably my favorite Shakespeare adaptation of any Shakespeare play. Huh? Um. Uh, but but and I should say, having seen Throne of Blood a number of times, I'm not the biggest fan of Throne of Blood. I do like it. It's not 
Mm, it's got really tense in here. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I would have given it like a three and a half or a four, maybe. I mean, it's just mm. like it's just not one of my favorite Kurosawa films or one of my favorite. Uh, I think that Mifune's, um the way that they portray his paranoia is a little over the top for my taste. I really prefer, uh. like this. Just take for instance the scene. Where Banquo's ghost shows up, yeah, in yeah. Polanski's version, like there is not a better version of that scene. Like at that the dinner table, insane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when they just show, like when he, he's just like he's. I, at first, I was like, I was like a little confused. I was like, oh, is this the scene? And it's like, oh, because there's just a guy sitting at the yeah. table, and I was like, oh, okay, they're like, okay. come and sit right here. Yeah. He's like, there's nowhere to sit. And yeah, like, is he here, my lord? And then he turns around, he just sees him from the back. Yeah. like that's so creepy. It was, like, it's yeah. amazing. I love that shit. And then when he's got the blood pouring out of his face and stuff. <laughs> and I, I like Finch's reaction to it and his acting in that scene in particular. So I thought very, very strong. And, uh, mm. you know, so I really like that. I like, I'm a big fan of the, I mean, I'm sorry. I like violence in movies. <laughs> I like good blood work in movies. And this movie is up there, uh. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> as far as like, when they, when, okay. Can't, there are no spoilers here, right? Because Macbeth is a you know six hundred year old play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're good. When Duncan is murdered, when Macbeth murders Duncan, that is the most realistic stabbing scene I've ever seen in my life. Like that, the knife is going into this man, it's, it's and weird. there is blood pouring out of wounds. It's just, <laughs> and he's like writhing around and shit. I mean, that shit is disturbing. It's gross, and you could just feel it. It's like that is the the Sharon Tate murder. I mean, that is yeah. where that's his. That's the whole thing, and and coming to fruition in this film it's it yeah. is fucked up <laughs> and uh, my favorite was at the very very beginning when the, the guy with like the the, the mace, the mace yeah. and it just oh, like yeah. hits the guy in the back and there's blood all over his back yeah it's just like what <laughs> so good <laughs> i guess it was just like a panel of just i thought that blood i assumed or that the the mace itself had oh blood yeah in it, or and that when it hit it like smashed because it, oh, it, right. it looked really real because that's like when the when the when the boy when Macduff's child is murdered, uh, he stabs him in the back and he walks over to me and says, I'm, they've murdered me. Oh, and yeah. then she like reaches around him. You can tell she's got blood in her hand. Like She squeezes it all over mm. his back and just like pours all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that shit. I think that's great. That's, that's like, those are very clever ways to get blood in there. I like when uh, at the end of the film when he, um, he's, he believes he's immortal and he's just like his that confidence makes him scary to everyone. Yeah. yeah. And he's walks and he fights that guy in the palace in like yeah. the throne room and he stabs him in the neck and he says, you are of woman born and he throws him and there's blood just like spraying out of his neck all around. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's amazing. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. There's a lot of clever like camera work too when mm. he's, his head's decapitated and they're yeah. like running it through the streets or whatever. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You like see it from his perspective yeah. as if his, as if he's still seeing cause they, you know, they say like if you get beheaded, you can still see. Pretty, right, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. And even when he's when he's beheaded, they have you know it's his, the actual actor, and they've like encased him in the ground, yeah, yeah. to make it look like it. <laughs> yeah, you could actually see the tops of the stair but move he, a little. Even bit, the dummy head looked good. Oh, it looked like for the time, yeah. I yeah. mean, especially for the time. Like, yeah, oh, it like great. at the very at the very beginning when they've got that like severed arm, yeah. and they're and they're burying it, it like really good like like there's a point where it like ripples. You can tell that it's rubber, but it's still made. Like, oh, extremely yeah. well. They got the coloring just right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, like, the hair and the veins and everything, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a... Mm. I like the story of Macbeth. 
It's yeah. probably my favorite Shakespeare play, and I think that are the of the ones I've read, and I think that uh, this one does a really good job of uh, getting the the hitting on the right parts of the themes and just just telling the story correctly. And I really like the realism of it. I like that it's not like the witches are like real witches, like the the way that they're nude and mm. ugly and making yeah. a stew, making the stew to drink to show him the future or whatever. Yeah. I love that the, whole scene was crazy yeah. good too. Yeah, this, yeah. and the, what he sees in that yeah. scene, that being a, a foreshadowing of you know his doom essentially, mm-hmm. but he doesn't realize it. Like that's great. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And nothing, no, that's in the play, you know. Like, he goes and sees the witches, I guess, but, he, you know, he's not, obviously there's no, like, dream sequence in the play where he <laughs> witnesses Macduff being ripped from his womb. Ripped, right. Yeah. Yikes. So. That was, yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It was interesting to see, like, how how different a lot of these Macbeths, like, played out. Like, the one with uh, Orson Welles, like, some, like, the scene where they're coming after Macduff's wife and child, like, that like really fucking bothered me it was really yeah that was just that was disturbing yeah um and like i i really loved the uh like uh in this newest one like it's 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 really not very good because it's way too game of thronesy mm. um and there's a lot of like unneeded slow-mo but uh patty considine is like really like he's the only like natural acting in the movie like everybody else is like really stiff and like really like like overacting and just they're mm-hmm. they're just doing too much in my opinion but he's he's really like calm and um natural about it and like this and the scene where like ben, you see Banquo's ghost like he's just like standing there with everybody else and just looking at Fastbender out of the corner of his eye and like he's all bloody and dirty and it's played really really well um <laughs> yeah I <laughs> I guess I'll end up being the odd man out in this one because personally I watched this one and it was like the first time I watched it like I didn't really find anything that was that memorable Except for Terrence Baylor being goofy, hmm. I mean, I, I would say I would say I wouldn't say anything else in there was bad per se, but not not that great in my opinion. Your opinion is wrong. This is a great film, Kevin. Take it back. <laughs> I won't no. be taking that back. I'll be leaving it out there for all to see. I'll say that there are things. I mean, obviously, there are things that. Any movies, you know, there are movies that do things better and there are movies that do things not as well. And I think that, like, you know, Throne of Blood does the uh, the forest moving on Dunsinane much better than this mm. movie does. And it's very creepy and weird in Throne of Blood. Yeah. But uh, it totally works. And in this, it's not as effective. But it is still, I still like it when he comes over the castle wall and sees the forest, like, emerging from the hills. I think that's cool. Yeah. But I, and I also, but I also think it's like, <laughs> It's kind of ridiculous because in the I guess you know there's that line of exposition right after that where they're like they're using the trees to hide their numbers, 
but it's not really working for them in this movie. Whereas yeah, in Throne yeah, of Blood, it's like they're holding gigantic trees, and you can really you can't tell what the fuck you're looking at. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, that makes more sense. And yeah. this one, they're like holding these tiny branches in front of them. And it's like, oh yeah, I can't tell yeah, what I'm looking yeah. at. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and like in Throne of Blood, like there's definitely a much more like. Uh, like the supernatural is yeah. definitely a lot more involved, so it makes more sense. That makes that it, you just see trees and fog. It feels like you're seeing what he's seeing, and what he's yeah, seeing yeah. is not what's actually happening. Yeah, for sure. He's for sure. lost his mind. Yeah, and then like, um, like I liked the fact that in Throne of Blood, like there's no there's no Macduff equivalent. It's just finally all like you know, um, Mafuni has been just touting himself the entire time and. Like all all of these people, like they know that he killed the like everybody else. So like now they know, like okay, you're just leading us into our doom now. So it's over for you, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know I I agree. I mean, like I say, yeah. There's Throne of Blood does a lot of good, like things better than this movie does, but I think that this I just, overall I just find this movie more. I don't know. I, I like I like Polanski's direction. I like how he handles fantasy and weird like shit mm. and paranoia. I mean, obviously, there's nobody better at paranoia at this time than Polanski. Like he's right, coming right. off of Rosemary's Baby. He's about to do The Tenant. Like, yeah, this is his bread and butter right now. You yeah, know? <laughs> and like that's that's what I, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, um, like whatever whatever you know, it's not to like gloss over the shitty things that he has done as a human being. But when you ha- when your wife and your unborn child are murdered by psychos <laughs> yeah. who who then be- go on to become arguably more famous than your dead wife, that's got to do a real number on a human being. Mm-hmm. Like him watching the fame of Charles Manson rise through sure. the years, almost to a comparable. He's a star, man. Actually, like... Oh, he's more famous than Polanski is. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, seeing that happen, like... My dad doesn't know who Roman Polanski is. Yeah, but... He knows it, who Manson is. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, like what what's that going to do to a person? Manson's not famous, though. Manson well, infamous. Is infamous, but... Right? So there's a little but bit still, like, he's there. more of a household name. Sure. Um, so, yeah. The like, resurgence since Manson has been dead... Is yeah, insane yeah. Too like the amount of stuff that's about Manson. Like, there's like mm. three movies this year that are about the Manson family. Right. Mary Heron has a film called Charlie Says. Oh and yeah. There's yeah. that other movie, uh, where Hillary Duff plays Sharon Tate. I can't remember what it's called. Mm. What? And um, isn't Manson kind of figuring in the new season of Mindhunter, or is that in, another? He's show? in an episode of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's good, but uh, it's mm. just weird how much they've. Yeah, he's just all of a sudden like huge this year. Yeah, <laughs> I guess because of the fiftieth anniversary of the killings and stuff. But it's yeah, it's interesting how he died and then all of a sudden he's in the everywhere. You We're know? celebrating the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. It's yeah. a little weird. It's a little yeah, weird. and then the fact that yeah, you know, I mean, even this movie, like you, you know, it seems like such a disparate, weird thing to be connected to that. But I mean, it obviously is so uh, mm. so inextricably connected. Yeah. But you know, I uh, I just I fucking love it. I don't know. I like the scene where Banquo gets killed, where uh, they slam the axe into his back and they kick him into the water. Yeah, <laughs> he shoots the horse with the arrow. That shit's good. That That's, was a really good scene. This is good stuff. I love all that. I love. Uh, 
I just love how brutal the movie is. It's just like insanely like it like progressively unapologetically like gets, gets more brutal too. Yeah, it's like he mm-hmm. kills. They they decide. Okay, the witches told me that you know I'm supposed to be this this uh, whatever the uh, Duke of or the uh, Cawdor. Yeah, Ca- and, uh, of whatever. Thane of Cawdor. Thane of Cawdor. Yeah, Thane of Gloms and yeah. King hereafter. Yeah, so he's like, well. I'm supposed to do that, so clearly I have to murder the king. And they decide to do yeah. that. And it's like from that murder, he's got to murder like ten other people. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. oh, I got to murder the guards now, dependent on them. I got to murder Banquo. I got to murder Macduff. Gotta yeah, and kill his it, whole family. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see like ha- like like in the play and in all of the movies. Like you get like like at one point, like Lady Lady Macbeth is on like the total like no, you got to do this. You got to do this mm-hmm. like right now. And then like. Macbeth being like, no, he's my king. I, I can't do that. It doesn't matter what prophecy says. And then by the time by the time the movie ends, they're on the complete opposite ends. And completely opposite. He's yeah. Well, actually, like well, he's totally say they're both, he's alive and she's dead, but they're both dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean they both end up dead, but like yeah. like he becomes like super megalomaniac right. and she's like ultra she's paranoid, racked with guilt. Wrecked, yeah. yeah, and like uh, seeing the all the different women who have played Lady Macbeth and like. Um, Francesca Annis, I think, does a really good job in this. She's good. I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked her a lot. And I like the um, the scene where she wakes up, sleepwalks, and washes her hands or whatever, and yeah. uh, the, how that how they played that with the the doctor witnessing it and everything. Mm. I like the idea of the monologues being internal instead yeah. of uh, spoken. Yes, yes. Which is uh, uh, Olivier invented that for Hamlet. Mm. Mm. <laughs> So they're just that copying was, him, but that's a good. good that's fantastic. You have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to copy anything, I mean, Hamlet in Hamlet, he does a lot of monologuing out loud, but there's parts of it where it's internal. Yeah, yeah. and in this, it's smart to make it all internal because it just makes no sense why you'd be speaking these things mm-hmm. out loud. Yeah, Olivier definitely used sound so well in in that mm-hmm. version of Hamlet. So yeah, um, I mean. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. Ratings? Yeah, I'm good with ratings. I I, I like it a lot. I uh, don't think it's perfect. Four and a half. Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> oh, three and a half. I mean, it's, it's good. It's rough. It's just kind of like one of those stories that like Jonathan heard it a is, million times. Here's the thing that we didn't get into, which we should have. Jonathan doesn't like Shakespeare. No, I don't. No, he I don't. Hates not, the way they no, speak. No, you do. No. You hate that. No, you said it. Before I just hate it with when Leonardo DiCaprio does it. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. It's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. Romeo and Juliet is probably the best Shakespeare adaptation outside <laughs> of Macbeth. Maybe the maybe even better than Macbeth. <laughs> it's just mentally it's challenged. <laughs> You're mentally challenged. It's not a bad movie. It really brilliant. Is. I rewatched it like a year ago, a couple years ago. It wasn't bad. Yeah, but for this show, we reviewed it on the show. But it's just... <laughs> it's great. It's just... It's hard to take serious. It's genius. It's it's clever. More clever than I thought it was. Brian Dennehy, give me my long sword. <laughs> but so yeah, good. stuff like that is just goofy. I love it's just, that. It's just goofy. <laughs> I love that. It's goofy as fuck. I love it. I used to feel like, man, it's like so dated, but it's like it's like it's charmingly dated now mm. i don't really find this dated at all except for the music it's it's it is literally 1997 incarnate like How so <laughs> Every, everyone like looks that i don't know it just looks like it's 1997 <laughs> it only looks like 1997 because you know that leonardo DiCaprio looks that way in 1997 yeah, yeah. it's literally and, and all the clothes is. 
and the they're way they wearing look, like the clothes. colors. Like, no, it, yeah, you're no, ridiculous. No. You're absurd. It's just the way it is. It looks dude. like every Baz Luhrmann film. That's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. Every Baz Luhrmann film has colorful clothing and weird sets and you yeah, know, this, but anyway, uh, 1920s Art Deco shit. Yeah, that's why he was a shoe in to do Gatsby. Yeah. Macbeth was good. It was good. Uh, good movie. It's an amazing film. It's four and a half out of five. I can see that, but so, I, didn't, I didn't feel that. But who's cool. next? <coughs> I'm next. Okay. Right? Isn't that right? I think. Let's go to the website just to double checker it. Watch The Great Gatsby? No, definitely not. I didn't love The Great Gatsby. Mm. Watch The Irishman? The Irishman. When's that coming? That's out? That's coming out to like in November, man. Well, that'll oh. be at our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's not too. You, you may not be John wrong. John Ryan. The oh wait, Jonathan, you picked the outsider, right? The outsider. The insider. The insider. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The insider. I was like, is it called the outsider? Did I pick? I picked the abyss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jr. picked Johnny Guitar. Mm-hmm. You pick Sling Blade. Yeah, yeah. And you pick Macbeth. It is me again. Cool. Okay. okay. That's so weird. It felt like it was like. Well, like, I thought we had like like someone couldn't come up with one, so someone else took over. Sling Blade, Macbeth. Yeah, it's me. All okay. right, right. I'm just making sure. Okay. One, two, three, four. Yeah, me again. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. So I don't have any idea what <laughs> we're watching. Let me go to my go to my list here. Wild at heart. No, I'm not gonna watch Wild. What the <laughs> fuck? It's on your shirt. Oh, it is on my shirt. I'm going to watch Wild at Heart. Sorcerer. Uh, no, I'm not watching Sorcerer. There's movies I've seen 150,000 times. These are just movies. For everyone listening, Goldeneye. these are just movies that, one that we talked about and two that are like <laughs> in, the room. In, like in the room with us. Oh, I've been meaning to do this one. We should do this one. Okay, you guys are going to hate me, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't even seen it. I'm very excited. I mean, okay, something you haven't seen? Gettysburg. Something you haven't you haven't seen this? Mm-mm. Are you Gettysburg? <laughs> Gettysburg. What Directed year is this? by. Let's see. Oh man! What the fuck? What's wrong? Is this like the TV thing? What? No, it's not a TV no. thing. It's not a TV thing, but it's a long ass movie from what it's I've uh, seen. It's four and a half hours long. Jesus Christ! It's from nineteen ninety three and it's directed on. by Ron Maxwell. That wasn't made for TV. No. Really. Really. Oh. Came out in nineteen ninety three. It's rated PG. Eight, was... Wait, eighty three. 93. 93. Tom, okay, stars okay. Tom Berenger, Martin Sheen, and Stephen Lang. Mm. I mean, I'm into I'm into the subject matter, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> fuck my life. Jr. hasn't seen it either, as far as I know, which is what's really good about it. So we're gonna watch Gettysburg Man. for next episode. It'll okay, probably be six like, months from now. But I didn't go see Lawrence of Arabia in the theater because I didn't like. At this point, I don't know that I ever have four free hours unless I'm sleeping. Yeah, nobody's seen this movie on Letterboxd. Well, on this, this is definitely going to be a, a segmented thing, like an hour a night or something. Yeah, right, sure. right. Watch it however watch you it, want. Watch it like a miniseries. Yeah. The two great armies clash at Gettysburg. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Site of a theology school for three days. Through such legendary actions as Little Round Top and Pickett's Charge, the fate of one nation indivisible hangs in the balance. Jeff Daniels is also in this. Oh, cool. And he looks amazing with his mustache. He's rocking. Psyched. So yeah, for next episode, we're going to watch Gettysburg, the uh, epic Civil War film, and uh, you know who knows when that will be. We're going to try to do it sooner than later, but yeah. God only knows. And hopefully, we'll get Jr. back for that episode. As always, visit our website at filmyak.podient.co. 
and email us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or concerns. We would love to hear from you. We know we won't. Uh, and uh, until next time, uh, I have been John. I've been Kevin. Jonathan. <laughs> I just feel like I'm like low. Hey. Yeah, you should talk into the microphone instead of the tip of it. Just the tip. I'm <laughs> used to sucking the tips of dicks. <laughs> right. Just the tip. Okay. Bye bye.